Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hosted. This is the podcast where we get to flip the script a bit, have a sobbing journey, what they've learned along the way, and share any sort of grand insights into their podcasting journey that you might be able to, to take a few lessons and maybe hone your podcasting skills. So very excited to have Brian Beckham with us today. He is the host of Lessons from Leaders. He is a lawyer, a computer scientist, a philosopher. I feel like there are probably about 10 more things here that I'm missing. You are, um, you do jujitsu, martial artists, right? I I do. How many more things am I missing on this list? A lot. <laughs> a lot. A golfer. A lot. A, a dad. A dad. Two, kids. A husband to a wife of 22 years. I like fly fishing. I like, like you said, I like martial arts, specifically Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Written eight books and uh, run a business, like you said, and that now the podcast as of 20, uh, I guess, 2020. Yeah, and and roughly forty five episodes yeah, published to that's date. Right. That's so, right. hard to believe. Okay. You know, I started. I literally started the podcast in my house in the middle of quarantine. And you know, I'd been thinking about starting a podcast, a Brandy, for quite some time. But I was like, first of all, who cares what I think? And <laughs> second of all, what would it be about? Like, what what would be the uh, idea behind the podcast? So I was literally in like like I said in the middle of quarantine, hadn't been hadn't left the house in you know weeks and weeks. My wife and I are sitting out back late at night drinking a glass of wine, like a lot of people were probably doing at the time. And you know, she said, uh, "Why don't you call it?" But I was telling her some of the people I knew and some of the guests that I was going to invite, and she's like, "Why don't you call it Lessons from Leaders?" And I was like. Dude, that's perfect. I love it. So that's kind of that's kind of the short story of how it originated and how I named it. So lessons from leaders born over a glass of wine in the backyard, inspired by your wife. She came up with the title. She did. And to be clear, it was more than one glass of wine, but who's count? <laughs> that's usually when the good stuff comes, right? Yeah, exactly. Or at least you think it's the good stuff until the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you decided to jump into the world of podcasting. It sounds like it had been in the back of your mind for a while. How did you decide to officially launch and and what did you tap into your network originally as, as guests or how did you kind of pull it all together? Originally, like I said, it was the middle of quarantine. And I think it was like, if I'm remembering right, it was probably about April 2020, May 2020. But my family and I took quarantine super serious and we weren't going anywhere. And so as a result, like a lot of people that were in that situation, I was spending a lot of time either watching movies on TV or even more so on the Internet and primarily on social media. And at the time, it, the negativity not that there's not a lot of negativity now, but the negativity back then was just completely overwhelming to me. And I, I could not believe how bad it was. And so I was like, you know, I started reflecting on, I have a lot of 
very interesting people that I know. I started reflecting on the people I knew and how positive they were as leaders. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do a podcast on leadership, but I'm going to focus on positive leadership and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my part to get some positivity out in the world. Because like I said, at the time, it was just, to me, it seemed like everything was negative. And so that's kind of how I originally decided to start the idea was just to kind of bend the shape of what I was seeing in my own little way. And, 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 then, and then in terms of the guests that I was going to invite, like I said, I've been fortunate in my life to meet a lot of really, really cool people. So I just started asking uh, some of my friends and acquaintances if they'd like to be on a podcast. And here's, by the way, here's, here's a little secret I'll tell your listeners about podcasts. The name helps because when I ask somebody, do you want to be on my leadership podcast? Everybody <laughs> says, of course I do. You know, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be on a leadership podcast? Whereas, if, you know, if I were to say, you know, do you want to be on the Brian Beckham show? It's it maybe a little bit harder sell. But yeah, so I started inviting, you know, within. I mean, it, it very quickly got to the point where I realized that, you know, initially I was like, am I going to run out of guests? I mean, how am I going to have good guests and things like that? And then I very quickly realized that not only did I have plenty of people that I could ask, but I mean, it's basically an unlimited number of potential guests for the podcast. So I had an assistant at the time, his, his name was Carlos, and he helped me produce it. And I told Carlos, I said, here's how we're going to mark when the podcast has turned a corner and it's successful, when people start calling us and asking us to be on the podcast. And I didn't know at the time that there were companies like Kitcaster that helped book people on podcasts. And, you know, I started within probably five or six months getting emails, not just from you guys, but from other people. There's a whole ecosystem, a podcast ecosystem. And now I get probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 emails a week. Uh, from either agents or people wanting to be on the podcast. So it's really turned a corner as far as that goes. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the basic uh, origin story, kind of why and how we got it off the ground. And now, like you said, 45, roughly four to five episodes later, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to believe (laughs) reflecting back on it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it, it, it served a purpose for you at the time to bring some positivity into the news cycle, and then also a way to give some positivity back to the world. So uh, that's really fantastic. It's a that's a good way, good way and reason to start a podcast. And now that you're at this point where you are receiving emails, probably mostly emails from agencies like Kitcaster or perhaps individuals looking to be a guest how do you vet guests? What's kind of the criteria in order to, to conduct an interview? The the number one criteria is, and I don't know if this is a bad thing to say or not, but are, are they, are they a good person or are they a butthole basically? Like, (laughs) like, no, no, seriously. Like we got plenty of people. We all know who I'm talking about, by the way, in public life that are just flat ass jerks. They just Mm -hmm. add nothing positive to the world and they just want to complain and argue and moan about everything and talk about how this person's bad or that person's bad. And so none of those people come on the podcast. It's all, a matter of fact, I I won't say anything in great detail, but I shot an episode a year ago and the person I shot an episode about 20 minutes into it, I was like, God, this person is so negative about everything. So I just didn't release it. And 
So, so that's kind of the number one criteria. Is this person somebody that is positive, somebody that's going to add something constructive to the uh, dialogue? And then after that, I have, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a polymath, I guess you could say. I have degrees in computer science and philosophy and also a law degree. I've been interested in all sorts of things, consciousness, physics, mathematics, Buddhism, spirituality in general. One of, one of my most popular episodes was, was with a New York Times bestselling author named Robert Wright, who wrote a book. He's written a bunch of bestselling books. One of them is called Is Buddhism or Why Buddhism is True. And so that was a fascinating episode. But, you know, to be honest, part of the reason I do this, and I think this is probably true for a lot of podcasters, is kind of to scratch my own itch. And, yeah. you know, you probably heard other podcasters talk about that. So, I, you know, there's a, a burgeoning field of mental health uh, that's wrapped around psychedelics. And so there's, I'm not going to say who it is, but there's a Republican governor who also served in the Trump administration, who everybody will know who's going to come on the podcast and talk about psychedelics, because I think that's fascinating. And I think it'll be fascinating to hear from somebody that most people wouldn't associate with that kind of thing. So now it's just, you know, there's so many people asking to be on the show. Now what I do is I, is I, you know, I look at the background of the person and what they do and basically think, you know, is this something I'm interested in? Because, you know, if you're a podcaster, it's a lot easier to have a great conversation with somebody you know, your colleague, Lori Gilberson, for instance, uh, she's my most recent episode. And that episode is about how to give a great speech. And we were talking about that beforehand. You know, Lori and I hit it off immediately. And so you can tell during the podcast that we have we have a good connection. And I think people like to listen to that sort of thing. So bottom line for me is the way I picked a guess is they got to be positive people. And after that, it's just is it something that 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 uh, scratches my itch, something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And you brought up a really good point about chemistry. And when I was listening to Lori's episode, it it was immediate. I mean, within the first minute, I was like, oh, these two, it's like you had known each other for years. And that that crazy (laughs) is so crazy. And it's beautiful. It's actually beautiful. And I, and I think that that is something unique about podcasting is you are, you're talking to complete strangers and by the end of the conversation, you're seeing that you have a lot of shared interests. There are commonalities. There's a, a deep appreciation. And you could have varied backgrounds. You could have varied opinions on things. But what you both bring is just respect and openness. Yep. Yeah. Just really cool. Have you had some of those conversations with folks that you know, maybe when you dig into their background, you're like, Ooh, like we're not exactly aligned, but I find what they're saying to be interesting. And after you have a conversation with them, it's almost like you have this moment where you're like, Oh, wow. That like definitely changed my perspective. Yeah. There's no doubt that that's happened. That's happened multiple times. So here's an, here's another example of a guest I've had. So right after George Floyd was murdered, Mm -hmm. I had, uh, and I didn't even know this at the time, a, a friend of mine, played high school basketball with George and was also uh, who, who now runs a basketball organization that takes American basketball players to China and back. And we did a podcast within, I don't know, two weeks, two, three weeks of the George Floyd murder about race relations and police brutality and things like that. And 
Uh, it was a phenomenal episode. We talked very candidly about a lot of things, and I learned a lot of stuff, to be quite honest with you. I mean, one example of one thing I learned was when you're a six foot five, six foot six, six inch, 260 pound black guy, you have to worry about things that the rest of us don't have to worry about. For instance, you want to go run in the park at night? You got to be on your best behavior because people are intimidated by people that are that, are that big. And that's something that even though I played college basketball and have been around big, tall guys my whole life, I'd never really processed how, you know, different people have different uh, things that they have to consider. So, yeah, I, and I learned something in just about every episode, which is which is which is why I can one of the reasons I continue to do this is because for me, it's just it's, I can't tell you how how much fun it is to be talking to a Hall of Fame football coach or a Hall of Fame quarterback and hear how they raise in their kids in sports and, and, you know, just hear the greatest advice ever. I had a, a, a basketball player who's in the Texas A&M Hall of Fame tell me when I asked what you should do about your kids in sports, is he basically said, be their, be their father. You know, there's coaches out there that can coach them. Your job is, is not really to do that. Your job is to love them and tell them you're proud of them. And, you know, hearing that kind of thing is just, it sounds so obvious, but uh, some of the time, but when you hear it, it's just like, man, that that's spot on. That That's that's just dead on the center of the bullseye in terms of the advice. So yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's amazing how literally every single time I do a podcast, I, I pull out two or three awesome insights. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think that's that's why I listen to podcasts is because I usually listen to somebody's episode and I walk away with just a, a, a nugget, right. A nugget of, yeah. of something that I can either take home with me, take to work, you know, physical activity, whatever it might be. So it's, it's really neat to be able to be directing those conversations that are not only having influence on you, but also influencing your listeners, which is really, it's really a unique position. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And so I used to write a lot. I've probably written, I mean, over the course of the last 25 years, I've probably written five, 600 articles. And what I realized, Brandy, was not as many people read as they used to. And so yeah. video and audio now is basically replacing the written word in a lot of ways written words still important but i think video and audio is equally if not more important and so i've kind of shifted from being i mean i still write and it's not quite as often but now the podcast kind of serves as my writing so to speak so for people that are writers or interested in that that sort of thing that i you know brandy my view is is that things have kind of shifted from reading and writing to video and audio and that that trend i think is going to be that's going to continue into the foreseeable future so yeah but it's been a, it's been a great way to substitute some of the things i used to write about and and just you know instead of writing about them now i shoot podcast about them so <laughs> yeah it definitely is shifting that the the landscape of it how are you feeling about that i feel like um we kind of talked about this before we push record, but you've done everything. You've written extensively. You've done video. You've done inter television interviews. 
now you're podcasting. How do you feel about that, that transition away from writing, reading to video, audio? Well, for me, there's, there's a little hidden bonus. So, so one of the things I do is run a law firm. I've run a law firm, VB attorneys for almost 20 years and I'm a trial lawyer. And so what do trial lawyers have to do a lot? They have to speak and talk yeah. and so and interview witnesses and give direct examinations. And so, you know, it's been real, not to use uh, jargon, but it's been real synergistic for my for my business. So, yeah. you know, when I'm when I'm doing an interview with somebody, it's good practice for my law business. And when I'm doing my law business, good practice for my podcast. So that's that's been one one benefit. But I think that and I tell my kids this, I have three teenagers, you know, being able to read and write and speak is maybe the most important skill you can develop going forward. Because even though we don't use physical books anymore, all we're doing is reading, writing and watching videos and talking now. So it, that's another, you know, just developing that skill in general, being able to have a conversation with somebody, being able to talk so people understand you, being able to express your thoughts clearly being able to ask good questions and things like that. I mean, those are skills that are universal. So anybody that's interested in developing those kind of skills, uh, a podcast is a terrific way kind of to start doing that. It's ter ter terrific practice for that. You hit that uh, nail right on the head. I think that I have, I have two teenagers and one that's still in elementary school who's like less innocent because he has two older brothers. But um, it is hard to find that balance, you know, because things have shifted and changed. But it is so important to be able to have to have some critical thinking skills and to be able to have a conversation and be open and also have an opinion. Yeah. Those are really important things. You know, you're having those conversations with your kids, but are there certain things that you do as a family that kind of brings out the the ideas that you find most important? You know, the kids. So I'll be four. I'll be fifty this year in November, and you know, I like to think that I'm quote hip. Of course, <laughs> by saying that, that probably means I'm not hip, but. But but I really well, I pay careful attention to what my kids do on on their phones and on their iPads because that is to me the you read all the articles you want from whatever institute but don't, watch what people are actually doing and what I noticed gosh, probably two or three years ago was how much they were watching YouTube and other kind of videos and how big a deal videos become and some of these videos you know one or two minutes long and so that was the thing that like interacting with my kids and watching my kids that I, that I really noticed a lot. Like I've tried as hard as I can <laughs> to get my kids to read books, but man, it's just a tough sell nowadays when you've got so yes. many other things that uh, can take up your time and your attention. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been a bibliophile for basically my whole life. I probably read a hundred books a year at least. And so wow. I love to read. I do it because I like it because it's enjoyable to me. It's relaxing, but it's a hard sell for, younger kids nowadays. And, and frankly, it's a hard sell for more than just the reason that there are other things to do. It's also a hard sell because our, our attention spans are shorter. And there's mm -hmm. no question about that. Everybody's attention spans are way shorter nowadays. And so I actually, one of the reasons I like to read is because I like to train, basically trains your attention span to be longer. I mean, I, and I first noticed this, Brandy, 
you know, a few years ago, I'd be reading a book and I know everybody's probably had this experience. I'd be reading a book and I'd get through a couple of pages and I wouldn't have no idea what I just read. And that's a problem. You know, yeah. that's the thing I noticed. But the, the idea with my kids is, you know, they can be sitting there watching the dumbest TikTok videos I've ever seen, or they can be watching stuff that's intellectually fulfilling or, you know, something that'll motivate them or give them some positivity. And so we got plenty of the, you know, eat five cockroaches and then, you know, jump in the, all these stupid things that we see all over TV. But the flip side of that is, and this is what I tell my kids, there is no excuse for anybody with the computer and an internet connection anymore, not to have a good education. There is a, a graduate level education, basically any subject you want, like two or three keystrokes away yeah. and it's okay if it's not reading books if it's watching videos I mean the Khan Academy is a great example of that like seven or eight years ago I wanted to understand the blockchain and mm -hmm. because that's a really important piece of technology and so I watched I basically took a course on the blockchain online for free and I'm just like this is insane like that you can do this nowadays yeah so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would probably answer that question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you, you, our attention spans are very short and that is, you can see just in the way that we design the, the short snackable videos that we watch, that our kids watch, you know, they're around two minutes. That's what we've got. Yeah. And I think that was a really good point that you made about practicing focus, but you also meditate. So I would assume that some of your meditation practice carries over into your focus on reading and being able to consume a hundred books a year and, and, and be able to stay focused and present within. Yeah, no doubt. And meditation has been, you know, one of the top two or three things I started meditating probably uh, at least 10 years ago, I would say roughly. And I started doing it because I was having panic attacks and mm -hmm. I got super lucky. I picked up this book, 10% Happier by a guy named Dan Brown, who some people may have heard of. Who and He was like, a, he was an NBC news correspondent or something like that. Had a yeah. panic attack live on the air. Yeah. And wrote a, and, and he has a podcast. He does. Yes. And he's, he's super, super nice guy. And he talks <laughs> tons about meditation because that's kind of how he made his name. But anyways, has a panic attack live on air and was like looking for ways to deal with that and found meditation and wrote a book about it called 10% Happier. I happened to be having panic attacks, a lot of stress at the time for various reasons, picked up the book, got lucky, was like, I think I'll try this. And the first time I meditated, it was for five minutes and it literally seemed like an eternity. I could not believe how crazy my mind was, but you know, roughly 10 years later, it's one of the most important things I do. I try to do it every day and it has the benefits I've reaped have been, it's kind of hard to overstate. And uh, the idea behind, I think a lot of people have, there's all sorts of different ways to meditate. There's all different sorts of meditation, but fundamentally the idea is if you want to understand your mind, you got to sit down and study it. And that's what meditation is, is, is like basically studying your own mind. It's not about what a lot of people think, which is quieting your thoughts Matter of fact, if once you start med meditating, you realize that's not possible. Even if you mm -hmm. want to quiet your thoughts, you can't do it. And the harder you try, the worse it gets for a lot of people. But yeah, it, it, meditation has, I think, made me 10% happier. The, the book's title is great because it kind of sums up what meditation has done for me. It's also made me calmer. I think it's made me 
smarter because I can focus more for longer periods of time. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about meditation. And by the way, it's also not, I think some people that are religious maybe think that meditation is, you know, some sort of foo-foo new age spirit spirituality. And it can be, you know, if you want it to, but that's not really what it's all about. It's more about just understanding your own mind. Yeah. You can call it whatever you want. Just <laughs> sit with yourself for yeah, a little you bit. Call, you call it prayer. You can call it silent reflect. You can call it whatever you want, but you're exactly right. Just yeah. sit there, sit there in the quiet. I think it was, I forget who said this, but somebody said the number one reason that society has problems is because people are unable to sit in a room by themselves for 10 minutes. And it's true. Like <laughs> literally some people think that would, that's torture. I'm not going to sit in a room for 30 minutes by myself. I couldn't do that. There's no way. But, you know, the old saying is, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, you should meditate for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so have you worked your way up to, you start out at five minutes. Yeah. Where are you at now daily? What makes sense for you? Well, what makes sense for me is as much space as I can carve out. That's what I want to do. So last year I do, I do, uh, instead of having like new year's resolutions, I have monthly challenges and Last year, one of my monthly challenges was to meditate for 45 minutes a day for 30 straight days. That's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And and carving that time out takes some effort. But boy, oh boy, I I ended up doing it. And the clarity that I felt and the peace that I felt. And like literally when you meditate for a certain period of time, sometimes you can feel pressure around your eyes and your forehead and your face and your jaw just kind of relax. So I felt great. But for me, the sweet spot now is I try to get it in 20 minutes a day. And if I can do more, terrific. But 20 minutes is about the right amount of time for me. And I, I tell you, when I first started 20 minutes, there's no way I could do 20 minutes. Just just no way. I would have I would have went crazy. And so it takes some time to build up to that. And at least for most people. But uh but yeah that's that's kind of the that's kind of the sweet spot. I would imagine that 45 minutes, you're like 30% happier. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. And and I and I'll tell you that in you know, experienced meditators and Buddhists that do this, you know, 10 hours a day will tell you the the, the longer you do it, the bigger the benefits are. And I think that's true. That you know, I've done a few two-hour meditations and those are hard. And it's hard to describe kind of what the benefits are. It's something you almost have to experience for yourself, but boy, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. That's fantastic. And, and so those are the types of guests that you have on your show too. It's really, it's not, you know, when you're talking about lessons from leaders, it's not necessarily C-suite executives, but really just about anyone that comes to the conversation with some insight. And that could be somebody who's focused in on mindfulness. That could be an athlete, a coach, um, anyone with that perspective. Have you had some of those folks on? I mean, especially in areas that you're interested in, again, kind of going back to the question I asked before, but just more, I guess, directed in self. Like, did you, have you received any tips, tricks, have you implemented anything from folks that you've had on who kind of are focused more in, I guess, whole well-being yeah, arena? 
Yeah, for sure. I, matter of fact, I've had uh, I've had a clinical psychologist on, and we've talked about happiness and purpose. I've had, like you said, I've had some athletes. I've had some coaches. I've had sitting U.S. congressmen, military folks, and I get insights from everybody. And matter of fact, uh, this was kind of cool. So. I got an opportunity to give a leadership speech to a bunch of Air Force officers because a friend of mine who's now an Air Force colonel heard a couple of my podcast episodes and he was running a leadership seminar for these Air Force officers and said, hey, I want, I want you to come give a speech. And so what, what I did was I, I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. That sounds awesome. But the speech ended up being Brian Beckham, the lawyer, putting on a case about the five fundamental principles of leadership using the guest and the podcast. And so the speech was about things that I kept hearing again and again from different guests and different walks of life. I mean, that, that's one of the things that's been amazing. Now that I've done 45 shows, it's amazing when you hear a millet, like a three-star general in the army say something that a head football coach, that a New York Times bestselling author, that a clinical psychologist, and they're all saying the same thing. And if you're paying attention, you can find these similarities. So for instance, I, I bet I've heard at least 10 times, that good leadership is about service. It's about what you're doing for your people. I mean, people, and I'm talking about people from all different walks of life saying the same thing again and again and again. I had the district attorney of a Texas, a Texas County, Coral County, which is kind of a rural area, a guy named Dusty Boyd. I had him on uh, my podcast. And, and one of the reasons I had him on my podcast is because this rural Texas district attorney has one of the most progressive programs for how law enforcement interacts with the minority community and how the minority community is a part of the decision-making process. But anyway, he said something, you know, he just said it outright. I was asking about leadership principles and he said, look, I, I, I'd much rather you call me a servant than a leader. And, you know, I heard that from mm. a, a, an army general. My number one job is to serve the people I lead. And, you know, I look around and again, I won't name names, but the people that are leading this country by and large are putting themselves first and they're not focused on service-based leadership. I mean, when you put your name, your own personal name over every single thing you do, that's really not focused on the people you're leading. That's focused on yourself. When, you know, you're a member of Congress and you get intelligence information, they immediately go trade stocks on that insider information. Are you thinking about your constituents? Or are you thinking about making yourself more money? I mean, the answer to that is obvious. And so I, I really want to, again, in my own small little corner of the world, try to bend the conversation in a direction that I think it needs to go because, you know, and, and I don't want to be cynical. I think cynicism is boring. But by and large, the people that are leading our country are not worthy of the positions they have. It's just that simple. And it's time to have some bleeping adults uh, in charge because most of these people are children. And so, you know, I, the, the so that was one, you know, leaders or servants. That was one really, really big thing. And that was probably the thing that I heard the most. And then, you know, a, a lot of this other stuff is, it, it, it sounds pretty simple. It sounds pretty basic, but the basic stuff and the simple stuff that stood the test of time, there's a reason it stood the test of time because it works because it's true. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so it's been quite a journey as far as that goes. I love that you said that that was kind of the connective tissue is this idea that you're not leading, you're serving. And I think that, you know, not only in politics, but also in the business world, I mean, you see so many gigantic companies and it's clear that they're, they're leading yeah. and leading for, you know, maybe a handful of people, yeah, mostly themselves until they have to think about serving when they realize that the way they're doing it is not going to sustain. So, you know, I, I think that that's really beautiful because, I, you know, most of the time it's like, oh, you know, what I've noticed is that leaders all get up at 4.30 a.m. and yeah. they do a cold plunge and, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I got up at nine o'clock this morning, just to be clear. So, no, I stayed up a little. I, I, I'm a night owl, so I, I normally read from like 11 to 1. But yeah, it, it's really amazing how these underlying threads are all kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really insightful and, and and a cool thing to witness just interviewing folks that are coming together on your show from various backgrounds. So that's, that's a, it's yeah. a cool thing to experience. And I'll tell you the other thing. So the other thing is, is like, we've had some conversations on my show that are politically charged and we haven't, I haven't, I haven't even ask a single person that's been on my show what their political affiliation is because I don't care. And the people that are coming on my show don't care either because that stuff is childish. And it's amazing how I can have an hour and a half conversation with somebody whose politics I don't agree with maybe on 50% of the issues. And it's, it's an incredibly awesome conversation. Uh, because yeah. it's two people talking to each other instead of two anonymous people sending tweets at each other. So that's the other thing, good thing about Brandy, about the podcast format. It's really easy uh, for these armchair warriors to sit behind their keyboards and send out tweets and Facebook messages. It's a different deal to be facing somebody, even if it's on a Zoom screen like we are now, looking at somebody face to face. You just don't talk to people the way you, you do on on these social media sites. Yeah. But I tell you back back to the service based things. So so here's a real concrete example of what I'm talking about. So, like I said, I've run a law firm for almost 20 years now, and most lawyers will tell you the client comes first. The client does not come first in my office. Okay, if if you're my client, you don't come first. My the people that work with me come first. I put their interests first. So if if I take you on as a client and you're rude or mean to my staff, you're gone. And and you can apply that to anything like, oh, the customer is first. That's nonsense. The customer is not first. The people that are on your team that you're working with should come first. And then the, and then the customer stuff takes care of itself because the people that you're with know that you're putting them first. So what are they going to do? They're going to put you first. And it, it becomes a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it builds on itself. But I think there's a lot of bad advice out there. And you know, you, you ask these military people, they're not going to tell you, hey, the United States military comes first or the, the mission comes first. They're going to tell you the people that they're leading come first. Because if you if you have that attitude, then the mission will take will almost take care of itself. Everything else will almost take care of itself. But that that's kind of a good example of how, you know, if 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 you pay attention to some of this stuff, you'll see there's a, kind of some bad advice out there. And there's another way to look at this stuff. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a couple things that you talked about just being able to sit across from somebody, whether you're on zoom or another video platform or not, and having a conversation. And I always tell my kids and people around me that regardless of how people attach themselves to, whether it be a political party, a religious group, it doesn't matter. Like really when you boil things down, we all really want the same things. No doubt. No we doubt. just have different ways of getting there that, that aren't the same, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're completely terrible. I think if you yeah. can allow yourself to have a conversation with somebody who's yeah. at this place in, in our society that we're just resistant to that. And it's really easy to, to type angry messages on your computer and just kind of regurgitate everything that you're hearing in your, in your bubble of influence. Yeah. But to put yourself out there and just to have a conversation, you don't have to talk about anything besides like what, what success look like to you? What do you value in life? Like, yeah. I guarantee you that we all pretty much want the same exact things. We, we do. And, and let, me, let me tell you, but here's how the game's played. Okay. There are entities out there who literally profit off of making people pissed off at each other. Like they're uh, frankly, a lot of politics is like that right now. So what, what we see is not what, what actually happens in real life. So I, what I do some of the time at my law business is I do focus groups where I bring in the most diverse group of people I can possibly bring in and I present cases to them to see what they think about them. So I can, it helps me strategically develop my clients' cases. But the point is, is that these are the most diverse group of people and it's intentionally diverse. Like I intentionally ask for people of different ages, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, and we'll present these issues to them. They're really hot issues, a lot of them. And what I've noticed is everybody gets along for the most part. There might be one butthole in the group, but for the most part, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, uh, what your ethnicity is, what your beliefs are. None of that stuff when you're in a room really matters. People fundamentally are good to each other. And that's what makes me, uh, frankly, a little bit mad about the people that literally profit. They are profiting off of trying to make people mad at each other. And so, you know, take the hottest issue you want to take. And one of the things that I think is that that's a problem is we're afraid to talk about uh, abortion for example, example or, or gun ownership, for instance. I'll bet you if we were to sit down in a room with 50 people of all different walks of life, most people would say, I'm not comfortable with aborting a baby at eight months or seven months or when that baby is viable. Most people have, unless there's, there's some issue there with the health of the mother or, or something, there, people aren't comfortable with that. But on the other hand, people are, don't want to be ruled by some somebody else's religion. And so the, the notion that I don't think most people believe that one religion should dictate what the laws are. It's the same thing like with guns. I, you know, I'm a gun owner. I own multiple guns and I know a lot of gun owners because I live in Texas. And frankly, if you're a responsible gun owner, you don't want people with mental health problems having guns. If you're a responsible gun owner, you don't take Christmas card pictures with your kids holding firearms the, to a responsible gun owner. You just look like an idiot when you do that. And so, and these are views that are widely held. I mean, Americans 
by great majority do not think that you should have automatic weapons and stuff like that by vast majorities. They don't think people on the terrorist watch list should get weapons, but they also think you should have a right to defend yourself and your family if you want to. And the problem is, is that the discussion is either you're either for abortion or you're against abortion. You're either for guns or you're against guns. And it's just not that simple. And there, there's these, uh, like I said, there's these groups of people that are trying to make it black and white. They're trying to make it black and white because they're trying to profit off of people's anger. And what we need, I think, is more good leadership that's willing to stand up and say, time out. You over there that has a certain view on this gun issue, you got some good points. And you over here that's got a different view, you've got some good points, too. Same with abortion. Say, pick any topic you want to pick. Everybody's got some good something to offer there, but but we've gotten to this point where it's like our leaders literally are, are are intentionally trying to put us on one team or the other so we can fight each other. And mm-hmm. you know the the enemy truly is within. And so I feel, uh, and I don't want to sound ridiculous when I say this, but I feel like I have, I have one of my purposes, one of my missions, is to help get us away from that kind of thinking that binary black and white thinking, and you know, and again, in my own little corner of the world, help people understand that life is complex and it's complicated. And most people are good people. And if we just sit down and talk about these things, most of the time we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to reach some sort of agreement or compromise. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's interesting. We actually have a client, his name is Jeremy Pollock and I don't know if he coined the term, but he said he he goes on podcasts to talk about conflict entrepreneurs, and it was a fir- <laughs> and it was the first time that I had heard that term. And again, I don't know if that's his, um, but it was it it was that moment for me that I was like, yes, a hundred and fifty percent. There are people whose entire career is built on creating conflict because it benefits them. In one way or another. So um, when he said that, I was like, (laughs) yes. So steal that. I love that. I'm going to steal that conflict entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, that Jeremy um, brought that up during a discussion. I thought that was really cool. So, you know, as we are, are kind of closing out this conversation and I think, you know, what I love about this time that we've had is the thoughtfulness in the guests that you bring on the show. And I think podcast hosts look at this differently, right? Like, you know, maybe they have a, an agenda that they want to, you know, they may have some topics that they want to make sure that they cover during a season. So then they're finding guests that kind of fit into that. Others are kind of like, yeah, let's just open the door, bring everyone on. But, you know, I think that you've created just a, you know, going back to what it sounds like part of your mission is, is to bring people from varied backgrounds together, have conversations. And and the podcast is an extension of that. I'm wondering if you could perhaps give a couple tips to the listeners around podcasting, your podcasting journey. And you can direct that wherever, but I really, I think that most of our conversation has been around the conversation and and guests. So if you want to keep it there, that's great. If you want to open it up, that's wonderful too. Practical tip number one, when you're podcasting, the most important, at least from a technical aspect, thing you can do is have good audio. And so get yourself, a. you can go on Amazon. There's all sorts of different 
mics and setups. I've got actually here, I've got a, it's called a Shure, S-H-U-R-E. Uh, yeah, that's what I have that I too. Use. It's yeah, great. And it makes a big difference. And then I also, Brandy, have a company that cleans up the audio when I'm done because I want the audio to sound really good. And by the way, it's the same thing on the other end of it. Like you want to make sure your guests has the best audio possible. Another bit of practical advice I would say, especially for people that don't have like that, that are already famous Hollywood actors and, and things like that is make it as easy as possible on your guests. So one of the things that made my podcast possible was Zoom and the uh, uh, not only the ability to do these videos, because we could do that before quarantine, but also the people are now much more willing to watch videos where people are Zooming or listen to them. So I would say, you know, Joe Rogan can get people to come to him, but most people you're going to have access to a wider array of guests if you can do at least some of your shows remotely. And then, like I said, in terms of picking guests or what your topic is, this is more podcast philosophy, I guess, is just make sure it's something you're interested in and make sure the guest has something that you're interested in. Because if you're interested in it, you're going to do a much better job than if you're not. If it's just something you're doing because you feel like you have to do it or I have to have this guest. I mean, I'll, I'll see, I'll get an email. Uh, hey, this is such and such. And it might be somebody that has 500,000 Instagram followers. And, but it's a, it's a topic or a subject when I look at it, I just don't have any interest in. So I'll pass on that guest because even though that show might help my, my podcast stats, even though it might be a big show, it's not going to be the quality that I want because it's just not something I'm interested in. So everybody has something they're passionate about. Everybody has something that gets them up in the morning or at least you should and figure out what that is and how you can make a podcast, how you can talk about it on your podcast. That to me, that's the best way to, way to do it. Those are great tips. I mean, it's um, again, like I said, podcasting, there's a low barrier to entry and you can get some really great mics for under a hundred dollars spend 200 and your, you know, your audio is going to be out of this world. Important yeah. to have an external mic. And there are plenty of services that can help you do post-processing of your audio, yeah. which is highly recommended. And then just have guests on that you enjoy talking to. I mean, I think we all know that's going to make a much better conversation, especially if there's some, if you can find some commonalities there that you might be able to tap into. So no doubt. No Thank doubt. you very much for that, Brian. You got it. I have a couple more questions that are just fun. We have team meetings every Wednesday and we do an icebreaker question that somebody brings or I bring or Ryan, my co-founder brings, but one of them, which I think is kind of funny and also I guess tells a lot about a person, but uh, when we're talking about tortilla chips, you know, there's a lot of variations of shape we have. Mm -hmm the round tortilla chip, we have the triangle, and then we have yeah. the strips. What's yeah. your go-to? <laughs> There's a restaurant in Houston called El Tiempo, and they actually have fried tortilla chips. I mean, they're not, they don't have like a layer of like they do on chicken, but man, that that's my go-to is the oh. fried tortilla chips. <laughs> and are they triangular? <laughs> yes. Okay. They're the, they're what they're what I would call the traditional shape, like the yeah the triangle yeah. shape, traditional triangle shape. Although they have like when they fry them, the kind of the ends do they curl, curl up? up? Yeah, so you can scoop the queso or the guacamole. Yeah. Okay. And so they don't I, break either because they're like they're they're a little thicker than regular chips, so they don't break. They're the best chip ever. 
<laughs> that's key. I mean, though, that's like a perfect chip because we all had various reasons, like why we wanted the triangular one. But ultimately, right. I think we all agreed that the curled up edges would be ideal for. That's what you want. Yeah. 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 So you don't have the spillage. <laughs> exactly. Okay. The next question is you get to choose a new career path, but you have two choices. Yeah. Are you going to be a ninja or a pirate? Pirate. Pirate. Yeah. Just want to get out on the open sea. It's just my, my personality. I just like, you know, I take on the biggest corporations in the world in my day job. And that's kind of my personality and that's kind of what pirates used to do. So plus I like to think of myself as a little bit of a free spirit. (laughs) Yes. Unconventional about some things. (laughs) Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I, um, I said I was, well, I have this, like, I already have some ninja skills, like having three boys, I have to be rather sneaky. And I I just like to keep them on their toes. Like they're like, they play sports. I can't, I'm starting to get to the point where I can't really match their strength, but they are not stealthy at all. So if I'm able (laughs) to sneak up on them and like, you know, just take their knees out or, you know, pull the chair out from underneath them. I like, I like to just make sure they know that I still dominate, even though they are stronger than I am at this point. (laughs) You still got, you you still got, well, I already got some, I already have some ninja skills because I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You you kind of already are. Yeah. I already, I already know how to choke people unconscious and break their arms and legs. And and, uh, so, so I already got that part of it. So I'm going, I'm I'm going to stay. You got to stay pirate. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks so much for, for just playing and and entertaining me with those last two questions. For sure. (laughs) Brian, we really enjoyed having you on hosted for everyone out there. You need to absolutely have a listen to lessons from leaders. There are roughly 45 episodes. So they're like anywhere from an hour to hour and 20 minutes. So tis the season, lots of yard work being done these days. It's a perfect opportunity to put those AirPods in and just have a listen to Brian and his guests and and get some work done. So that's right. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Brian, thank you for being a guest on Hosted. Really appreciated that. Beautiful. Thank you, Brandy. All right. Talk to everyone next time. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.